podcast. This is another episode of But What's Next with me, Michelle Reed. I'm very excited for today's episode because it is going to be my life advice segment. I essentially just ask you guys to submit any life advice questions you have on literally any topic you guys want. So it can be on career stuff, relationship stuff, it can be on money. And I talked about a lot of things I've never talked about before in this episode. So I think it's going to be a good one. I am by no means an expert. I don't think I have all of the wisdom in the world to share with you guys. But I do think it's kind of just like me being a big sister in some way and just kind of sharing my kind of girl thoughts on certain topics that you guys wanted to ask about. So if you guys ever want to be in one of these episodes, all I do is ask for questions on my Instagram, which is just at Michelle Reed. It's always linked in the show notes if you guys are interested. And that is where I will tell you guys that I'm recording this. And I will usually just tell you guys to email me at my email, which is butwhatsnextpod at gmail.com. And that is what I use to get all my life advice. Sometimes I'll do it through Instagram, but it's just easier. And I think it's a better story format when you can actually type out an email which is why I do it that way so these are some of my favorite episodes so I'm really excited to dive into these questions I guess just a short life update we spent the past week in Rhode Island we were visiting Aiden's grandma who's there but his mom and his brother also came up and so we just had a really nice week up in Watch Hill which I feel like the only thing that people know Watch Hill, Rhode Island by is because Taylor Swift has a house there. And so every time I would post up, people were like, oh my gosh, Taylor Swift has a house there, which I just think is funny because it's a pretty quiet town and we had so much fun because there just weren't a ton of people there. It's not like a beach town where there's a lot of tourists, at least when we went. I guess it's technically still the off season when we went. And so there just weren't that many people there and it was so nice. It was like 75 degrees every day. We spent every day at the beach and I'm kind of realizing that I love being on the beach and just being out in the sun all the time. I'm a big beach person. I love the water and I just love being around. I just love being outside and being in the sun all day. It's like the best feeling. I have such a good tan, which I don't want to lose. And I don't think I'm going to lose because we're going on another vacation in a week. And so it has just been a little bit crazy. I feel like this year, all of our vacations have been back to back. And then we might go to New York in August. And so that will be our last one. But it has just been so nice. It makes me appreciate my life here in Texas more when I have breaks where I can kind of get away, get to the beach, spend some time outside. I wasn't really working because I had done all my work the week before. So it was just nice to really get some time to chill, read a lot, spend time with Aiden's family since we don't get to see them very much since we're here in Texas. And we really waited to do a lot of traveling together for when we were married. So it just makes me appreciate it a lot more because it's something that I've looked forward to. And I'm also excited because I am going on Saturday. My family and I are spending a week in 30A in Florida, which is like the Panhandle region, I'm pretty sure. And I am so excited. We haven't been on a beach trip in a while with my family. And so it's going to be so much fun. It's a little bit different though because Aiden doesn't have a ton of days off he obviously is like starting out his career and whatnot so you just you don't get like ample days off so he's trying to split days with each vacation that we're doing and so he's going to come up on Thursday and Friday which Thursday's my birthday July 1st so I'm really excited about that too I'm a big birthday person I love birthdays I think they're really fun and it's gonna be fun because we're gonna be in Florida with my family we are driving up this Saturday I don't know what the date is but the time that you're listening to this episode it's the coming Saturday 
and then we are going to be there for a week and then driving back on Saturday. So I'm so excited. I'm going to have a lot of time just with my family. I'm going to miss Aiden. It's weird not having him there those like early days, but it's going to be a ton of fun. Hang out a lot with my family. It's only my sister, Jamie, my sister, Lindsay, my brother-in-law, Ben, my nephew, Ezra, and my parents, but it's still going to be really fun. I'm so excited. I love being on the beach. Like I said, I also love being in Florida. Florida is one of my favorite places too. So I'm just so excited and definitely going to have a really busy week this week because I, again, I'm trying to catch up all my work for two weeks in one week span. And the nice thing is because Aiden's going to be here, he's obviously able to watch cash. And then we're having a friend watch him for just a few days. It'll be Thursday, Friday, and then we come back Saturday. So nothing too crazy because we did just leave for a week and it was so sad. I missed him so much. He was so excited when we got home and now I'm just spending so much time with him. So that is kind of my life update. I think that's everything I have to say. So let's just go ahead and get into the questions. Okay, so this first question says, my question for you is about how to deal with a period of waiting. My absolute dream in life is to be a mom, particularly a stay-at-home mom. I've always felt like it's my calling in life and I just pray that my husband and I can reach a point in our life where we can do that. I recently got married this year and we are definitely waiting a couple of years to start having kids as we are just not financially or mentally ready yet. However, it's hard because I am just so excited for that chapter of our lives. It's hard to wait. How did you find peace in a season of waiting like this? This is definitely something that I struggle with, not necessarily the anticipation of like having kids. I really hope that one day we are able to have kids, but quite honestly, I'm definitely not ready for that and have just been enjoying our time of us just being married and I mean we have a dog now so I feel like we do have like some sense of responsibility but I think I just see other people with their kids and it always makes me realize like wow I'm not ready for that in this time of my life and something that's hard because I think that you see a lot of times on social media you see the highlights of people's lives and it's always we are really interested in someone when they are moving or when they're having kids or when some life change happened. And especially on YouTube, this is something I struggle with because that's always a time when I feel like the views go up, the engagement goes up because people are excited about kind of like a life change. But the minute things are kind of stagnant, people just don't seem as interested. And that can even make you discontent with your own life because you just feel like boring. But quite honestly, I have learned so much just to be so thankful for those moments in between. And I think it takes a lot of just being able to express gratitude and being able to recognize that you're so blessed to live the life that you're living. And honestly, you're going to look back when you have kids one day at the time you're at right now and think, wow, like that was such a good time. That's just always how it happens. We always romanticize the past. And so I think that you just have to take a step back and realize that these are kind of the good old days. It reminds me of that song, that Macklemore song that says, you know, the good old days song. I love that song because I really do think it's true. You're just always going to look back and really love the phase that you're in right now. But when you're actually in it, you don't enjoy it. So we've just really been enjoying our time. We're planning some road trips this summer. We have a few trips and are just really enjoying the time of it just being two of us and just kind of being kids too. Like we'll grab food spontaneously or we'll randomly do something exciting and just enjoying that time in our life while we can, especially before you have kids and just trying to be 
content with that. I follow JC Marie Smith. She's one of my favorite like influencers to follow because I just think she's really real. Her TikTok's really funny and she is actually struggling with infertility right now. So she is in the process of, you know, every month taking her pregnancy tests and seeing if all the different things that she's investing money in and time in is actually working. And she was talking about how for a while she would just always be stuck in being so disappointed when that was always a negative test. But she kind of switched her mindset to being like, okay, that's another month that we can go enjoy just being the two of us. We can go be spontaneous. She was talking about like going and getting certain beauty treatments and just kind of enjoying the fact that everything's going to happen in God's timing and it's all going to be his timing and it's perfect. And so you just have to enjoy it, which I know is so much easier said than done. I do struggle with being discontent too, but over the past year, I've just realized that the world's going to tell you that you always need to be living this like crazy, spontaneous, exciting, always having different life changes life, but it's okay to live a slow life where you just appreciate the things that you have. This one says, I'm a more recent subscriber since you got cash at the same time that I got my Fiona and I found you through YouTube. However, I've loved getting to know you through your podcast, videos from New York City and more. I'm 25, faith-based, and a registered dietitian who loves healthy and even not-so-healthy eating, so I feel super connected to your lifestyle, which is so sweet. I love reading those little blurbs. It says, I wanted to ask your advice about a friendship situation. I'm in that I think you could have some insight on. I've been best friends with two other girls since first grade, and we are now all 25. However, through the years, I've grown into a very Christian, low-key, and somewhat mundane type of girl. I'm fine with this. In fact, I love it. However, my friends are not Christian and don't share my same lifestyle. They continuously make me feel high maintenance for going to bed early, wanting to eat healthy when we go out, etc. I recently cut them both out of my life, and while I feel very lonely and sad right now, I do think it's for the best. I guess my question is not so much, is this the right choice? Because I do think it is, but more so, do you have any advice for working through a time of true isolation and loneliness? I know as things open up, I'll have more opportunities to go to dog parks, try new churches, and try to get involved to make friends, but right now, it feels so very lonely. Any advice or tips on how to just be present in a difficult season of life and grow stronger from it? I was just getting ready to answer this question and Cash was playing with his toy and he was squeaking it so loud. So I went out to go remove it and he had pulled the mat from his crate completely out of the crate and was running around with it. And usually when we leave him, he's not a very destructive dog. He's never really gotten into things badly, but that was just so weird of him. I guess my answer to your question is probably similar to the first question that I answered and that's just to find enjoyment in the small things. Something I opened up about on YouTube recently was dealing with anxiety and actually going on medication for anxiety in November, which was something for a while that I just didn't know if I wanted to talk about because it is something that's very personal and everyone just has a different experience with kind of like mental health journey. But as a Christian, I feel like there is kind of like a stigma against medication particularly for anxiety and depression and I'm someone who really believes that obviously going to God in prayer and really seeking out help and talking to other people trying other methods is really helpful but I don't think anyone should just be stuck in misery when God also gives us science and he allows us to have you know medication to help with these things and I bring that up not because I'm telling you to go on anxiety medication by any means but I was struggling with really getting anxious over small things and really getting stuck in my thoughts and I think that kind of goes along with loneliness and Like I mentioned, I don't think you should be stuck in that. No one has to live that way. 
And I think when I was in college, there was just so much focus on grades and career and finding a job. And I think we're kind of told that these are all the things that really matter in life when in reality, the small things matter so much. Things that I used to think were kind of extra, you know, going for a walk grabbing food, making a really nice dinner, hanging out with friends. I always thought of those things as, okay, once I do all the things I have to do, these are the things that I should do. But instead of framing my mindset like that, I started thinking of those small things as things that really did matter. And I think even though you're struggling with not having these friends anymore, and I imagine that's really hard to go through, like you said, as things open up, get out there, you know, go to the dog park, go on solo dates by yourself and I think it's kind of cheesy talking about the whole romanticize your life thing, but it's so true where those small things that we just always take for granted really do matter, especially when you're lonely. Find things that don't make you feel lonely. Like it sounds so simple, but there's so many things out there that you can just go enjoy. And I think living in New York, this taught me a lot about that because I was really on my own, really making my own fun, throwing myself out there. And it was really helpful just to really focus on these small things and try to live my life the way that I wanted to. So I don't know if this helps, but I think just putting yourself out there is really helpful and probably the best thing to do in this situation. Okay, this one says, I'm a final year student studying marketing at university. I've been at my part-time job for three months now. The pay is great, but my manager has told me that there is no opportunity for it to be a full-time position. I have been offered a full-time job somewhere else and the people seem nice, but I'm not really interested in the work as it's mostly data handling work. Also, the pay is extremely low and I'd be taking a huge pay cut. I don't know if I should just stay in my part-time job or just manage my expenses at the full-time job or just keep looking as it's only been a few weeks since graduation. I currently have two streams of income, my part-time job, and I'm a freelance web designer. I'm worried with my full-time job, I might have to give up the freelance work. Do you have any advice for anyone who wants to continue their business at the side while maintaining a full-time career? Yeah, I think that this is such a good question because... I think as time goes on, we're really realizing that these side gigs that people really invest in actually can pay off for the long term and really can become a full-time gig if you want to. I think for me, when I was working full-time and also doing YouTube on the side, I realized that it was just going to be a phase of my life where I was going to be putting in a lot of hours and I was going to be working a lot, but I knew my end goal was not to climb the career ladder. It was simply to work for myself and do YouTube full-time and that meant really investing the time to be able to do that. And I think sometimes I take my job for granted and I appreciate it so much but I always think back to those days of doing both and how badly I wanted to be doing what I'm doing now and it makes me appreciate it so much more. So I think the first thing is just accepting that it's going to be a lot of work especially if you do take this full-time job and do your side gig. If that side gig becomes a full gig and you can do it full-time. I mean being a web designer I think there is a lot of Um, opportunity there and I'm sure you can also make a lot of money doing that. I know that's something that pretty much everyone needs nowadays. Everyone has a website and so I would definitely recommend pursuing both even though it might be hard at the time. There will come a point where you'll be able to jump and it'll definitely be worth it. So that's the route I would recommend doing. I think it may be hard and you may be working weekends and Sundays and ultimately the reason why I quit you know a year ago was because 
it was my full-time job was already taking up weekends and already taking up nights and I didn't have time for my side gig and the side gig was ultimately paying three times what I was making at that job and so it just didn't make sense to do both so it'll come to a point where it just makes sense to kind of move on to the side gig but it also might take a little bit of time it just takes also a lot of work but just think about what you want in life and if it'll be worth it in the end this is one that I've never talked about so I'm excited to talk about it. it says I love your podcast and your YouTube videos so much I truly feel like I'm just listening to a girlfriend chat about topics that are very relatable to me and where I am at in life I hope this question is not too personal but I would love to hear about your experience and what your approach has been in the area since you've gotten married I'm 23 years old and I'll be getting married at the end of this year my fiance and I are saving ourselves for marriage and we definitely want a family in the future however we do not want children right away I've never been on birth control and I'm a fairly health conscious person, so taking hormones is not something that I'm sure I want to do. I know there are non-hormonal options such as the copper IUD, however, I've heard horror stories about those too. My fiance and I have discussed this and decided that using protection on this end would likely be the best option for us. However, I know that leaves more room for error and maybe sort of a buzzkill in the moment. Although we have discussed this, I'm not sure if this is the right option for us. I would love to hear about how you and your husband advocated this decision prior to marriage and if you have any experience to share. I'd love to talk to my girlfriends about this, but I am the first to get married out of my friends who are also waiting for marriage, so I haven't been able to get another perspective on this. So right now at the point I'm at in my life, I just don't feel comfortable sharing the exact method that we use personally. It's just not something I want to talk about right now. Maybe down the line, I will talk more about this. But to be quite honest, there is so much judgment in terms of like different birth control methods. People are so, I don't know, just quick to judge about different things. And it's just not something that I want to talk about. But I do just want to say, people use different birth control methods for a lot of different reasons and I totally think it's a personal decision and it's up to you and your husband but I would say that you should definitely just talk to your doctor and get a lot of different opinions and also know that there are not just two different methods you can use so many different methods you know I feel like I'm teaching like a sex ed class, but there are birth control pills, there are condoms, there's IUD like you mentioned, there's natural family planning. There are so many different things. And like you said, it just depends on you and your spouse. There are some ways that are probably a little bit more reliable than others. So just depending on the phase of life that you're in right now, I think you can decide. I mean, we've talked about in a few years, I would like to switch to a different method, one that I would say is more preferable, but I'm just not ready to do right now in the time of life that I'm in. And so, yeah, I would talk to your doctor, especially if you don't have people that you can talk to. I talk to a lot of my friends. Luckily, I have a sister who got married. So I talk to my sister, Lindsay. I talk to my sister-in-law, Lindsay, and they're just a lot of people you can talk to, you can search online, but even I don't recommend searching online because there are so many horror stories online from things and I just see a lot of reels and TikToks about things and I just wish it was something where you can make a personal decision that you feel confident in and you don't need to get like 10 zillion outside opinions on because it is a personal thing and it also depends on your body and if you try one method and realize that it just does not work for you. It doesn't work for your lifestyle. It's causing a lot of side effects that you don't like, then you can always switch. You can always switch it and you're not 
kind of married to the first thing that you try. So yeah, I would recommend talking to your doctor. I'm not in a position where I want to recommend a certain method to everyone, but I think it's also something you can talk to your husband about too, because it is a joint thing. I think there's this misconception that it's all about, you know, you as the woman needing to focus on birth control, but it's definitely an important decision for you guys to make together. And it's both of y'all's responsibility. It's not just yours because it is obviously a mutual thing. So that's what I will say on that. I think maybe down the road, I'll talk about this more because I know other people have opened up about it and it might be something that I like to share, but right now it's just not something I feel comfortable sharing the exact method. But just know there's so many different things out there and yeah, you can always try multiple things. So currently I am a rising college senior and I got an internship this past spring semester that ended up turning into me working full-time for the same company over the summer. It was a great opportunity, so I took the job. The company is located in the same town that I go to college in, which was great for when school was in, but now that it's summer, I'm living by myself in my apartment with little contact other than my coworkers. I love my coworkers and they're great friends, but it's been a bit hard for me since some of them are not believers. To top it off, the company offered me a promotion wanting me to stay for the rest of my senior year and oversee the new interns. It is, again, a really great opportunity, but working such a demanding job has begun to weigh on me. I seem to never have time for my quiet time anymore, and when I come home from work, it takes me what seems like hours to unwind and stop thinking about all the things that happened at work. So I guess my questions to you are, what is your advice on not falling into worldly actions when around coworkers and just keeping your sanity values intact? As well as what advice do you have on balancing a job where you feel like you have to be on all the time with personal and spiritual life, especially when I'm only a junior in college right now and I've never worked an office job, let alone managed others? This one is really tricky, but I think for me, so I'll talk about it from two different perspectives. From being in the YouTube industry, kind of social media industry, it is so helpful to have friends outside of my job, outside of my industry. It's so easy to get caught up in only talking about, you know, your line of work, only talking about your, I mean, when I was in a phase of hanging out with a lot of people on social media, it was great because you could relate to them. And it's such a kind of non-traditional jobs. It was nice to be able to talk about it, but it also made you consumed in it. People talking about numbers and growth and collaborations and viewers and brand deals. And sometimes I would just leave things and feel so gross that it was nice to come home to a roommate who wasn't in that industry, who really just was separate from it. And so I think when you're working a job, even though you like your coworkers and you enjoy being around them, And although it might be hard because you do seem like you're really busy right now, find people outside of the job, especially people that align with your values. I think just having that separation, and I did a whole episode on kind of different boundaries in life, having that separation between work and your personal life is so vital because then you don't feel utterly consumed and it will probably be easier at night to unwind when you know that you have things outside of work too. And when I was working a traditional job, it was nice knowing that on the weekends, I would just spend time with people outside of work and not, you know, always be obsessed with my work. And and you talk about kind of having different values in your coworkers. I guess I would say 
I don't think because you think differently than your coworkers or maybe you make different choices that that means you have to like judge them by any means. But maybe like say they want to go out after work and maybe drink more than you'd like to. You don't have to go like that. You don't have to go to that. Just make decisions that you feel align with your values. But at the same time, I mean, as a believer, I always think of the verse that says they will know you by your love. And I think that we are called to love people and to not cast judgment on people just because they think differently than us. And it's funny because I was actually just in the dog park and I was talking to this other girl and she has just always been so sweet. She always asks me how I'm doing. She always asks me how my day is going just really nice and I've always thought you know okay there's something different about her she just seems like she has something going on differently and we were just in the dog park and she was opening up about her faith and I was asking her about churches in the area and it was kind of one of those moments where I was like okay it makes sense like it clicks now that I wasn't drawn to her because she was talking about her faith all the time it was because she was simply asking how my day was so I think we're called just to love people too and that's the best way for you to share your faith with other people too I know that's not exactly what you're asking for in this but in terms of feeling like you always have to be on all the time I know that's really hard especially because you are in college still you're not even out of college and it can just be a lot I think giving yourself the time and space to not be on is really important. Giving your space, giving yourself time to just relax, having downtime, even if it's just 30 minutes at night, giving yourself time to watch a show and just unwind and really get your mind off things. I think that can be really helpful too. Is it okay to not visit the in-laws often? My husband, brother, and niece go every Saturday, and the soon-to-be ex-wife would go often, but not as often, but it seems like she will come because she doesn't have family nearby. It's hard for me to relax and enjoy my time when I'm over there because I don't get along with my husband's mother. We get along, I just don't mix well with her personality, which is very pushy and opinionated. I have gone months without seeing them, and this past weekend we saw them twice, once on Saturday, once on Sunday, and she drained me. And I don't enjoy my weekend or start the week off on the right foot because I'm thinking of something she did or how it made me feel. Okay, so this sounds like you definitely need some boundaries in your life and to talk about them with your husband. I will say I think it comes to a point unless your in-laws are incredibly toxic and are literally like degrading to you. I don't think you need to feel obligated to see them, but it does come to a point if you want to keep a healthy relationship with your husband's parents, which I think is for the majority of the time very important. I do think you just have to kind of do it. And I know that sounds bad, but I think you can alter the way. Maybe have a conversation with your husband about how often you'd like to go over there. If you don't want to do, you know, twice in a weekend, make that known and let him know that that's just not something that you feel up to doing and express your concerns. I always think about it though. I'm sure obviously Aiden really clicks with his family really well and he really gets along with my family too. So this probably isn't that applicable, but I know how much it means to me getting to see my family. And so I assume that he has that same feeling towards his family as well. And so we do make an effort to see both our families and we live close to my family too. So now we are trying to see his family a lot more just because we don't get to see them as often. And so just because we do get to see my family quite often. And so talk to your husband and make it known your feelings. I understand it can definitely be really hard when you just don't get along. 
especially though if there are other family members there too i don't think it's as bad because then you don't have to be the center of the attention the whole time and you can really just enjoy the time with the other family members as well and also just separate your feelings from it because you said that you can't even enjoy the weekend because you're just thinking of something she did or how it made you feel I think your feelings are definitely valid, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how she was trying to come across and that it may just be something where you do have to kind of separate, okay, this is family, we're seeing family. It's just something that you have to do, even if you don't necessarily enjoy it. And yeah, talk to your husband too. I think being on the same page makes you feel more confident when you go over there and doesn't make it seem like you're kind of a lone ranger, (laughs) if that makes sense. But yeah, I know that's hard. I think it's just something that you kind of have to do. This is just my two cents. I obviously don't know the exact situation, so maybe it's worse than I'm making it sound. But yeah, that's just my advice. My boyfriend and I seem to constantly be having the same fight. He eats super healthy and basically avoids all sweets and snacks. I would say I eat a pretty balanced diet, but I enjoy ice cream, cookie, goldfish, french fries, and I probably eat these items two to three times a week. The problem is my boyfriend gets on to me anytime I want something unhealthy and will try to change my mind to have something healthier or just judge me for having something unhealthy. We have had a ton of conversations about it and he realizes he takes nutrition a little too seriously sometimes and I commit to trying harder to make healthy choices. But no matter what, we always end up back in the same place with him telling me not to eat something and me being hurt and embarrassed by his judgment. For me, cutting out all junk does not feel like a sustainable lifestyle and it's gotten to the point where I feel like I need to ask permission to have something. Or if I'm eating a treat in front of him, I can't enjoy it. He's a really great guy and we both love the Lord. He's growing in his faith prays for us and serves us and spends time in the word. I say that because he's husband material, but we keep coming back to this fight and I don't know how to get past it. You don't have to include this part, but we're also planning on getting engaged this summer and this is weighing on me. Ooh, this honestly, yeah, I would feel pretty upset by this situation because it is not sustainable just to cut out all junk. And quite honestly, food is just such a big part of relationships too. I'm someone who really believes that like getting together for a meal, enjoying treats, and ordering cookies every now and then. Like that's really a fun part of relationships and it can really lead to disordered eating if you are constantly thinking about what you have to eat, thinking that you need to ask permission. That is definitely not healthy and it's a little worrisome because you said you've had conversations about it too and it's just not really getting anywhere. I mean, unless you are actually unhealthy and it's coming from a place of concern I don't think it's his place to make judgments about what you're eating by any means I think that that can just come off as very controlling too and I think it's hard because I know a lot of times in life when I am really focused on something like say working out I often feel like that's the thing I'm passionate about and so I talk about it a lot I think about it a lot and it could just be something where it's just always on his mind But if he is feeling this way, like honestly, maybe he needs kind of some area of help with prioritizing nutrition too much, especially when it's coming in between your relationship too. So I'm sorry you're going through that. I honestly don't think it's his place to be making comments about that. Like I would just be really offended if I went to eat a cookie and they said, is that really a good decision? Like, I don't know. I just think that it's really controlling. And so 
I would just try to talk about it. It doesn't seem like a genuine concern that it's coming from. It seems more like he is kind of coming at it with a controlling attitude. So I'm not trying to make judgments. I don't know the exact situation. So maybe it's just not as bad as it seems. But I would try to talk about it and just straight up be like, hey, I don't think you should be able to tell me what I can eat and I can't eat. Especially if this is the only thing. But I don't know. It just worries me because sometimes I feel like problems start with small things like this but if he is being particular about what you're eating like what is it going to be down the road it just makes me a little bit worried but maybe it's just something where he's really passionate about nutrition right now so he's projecting that onto you and that's maybe just not your passion I personally am a lot more passionate about liking cookies so I think that that's okay but yeah I would talk about it and I feel like I can't give exact advice because I don't know the severity of the situation but that is just my two cents I could use faith-based advice on my relationship with my best friend. He's a guy and we've been really close for almost five years now. But until last year, he had a serious girlfriend. When he got out of that relationship, we got even closer because instead of spending time with his girlfriend, he would spend it talking or hanging out with me. I've struggled the past couple of months because our relationship is basically boyfriend and girlfriend minus anything physical. Sometimes I think he is flirting with me, but it's so hard to tell where we stand now. I've kept my guard up because I know the Bible says to guard my heart, and I don't want to get hurt and lose my best friend. But I could see myself marrying him, so it's hard to simply brush this aside. Any advice on how to treat him or how to approach this? I prayed about it a lot, but I'm still stuck in a weird limbo with him. What is your opinion on males and females being this close platonically? Part of me doubts it will ever work. You either become romantic or you have to end the friendship. Any verse on this would be amazing. It sounds like it's kind of the perfect storm to actually lead to something. I think that's so special when it's something where you've been friends to beforehand and then it leads to a relationship. I would just question what your feelings are towards him. I think sometimes we take someone flirting with us as, oh, we're interested in them. But I would make sure before you ever say anything to him, are you actually interested in him in that way? Are you attracted to him in that way? I'm assuming you are because you said you could see yourself marrying him. And I would say to go for it and talk to him about it and open up because it seems like he's out of this old relationship. It could be something that's really special, especially because you've been close for five years. I don't know if I have a specific verse on it, but I think just coming to God with prayer too and praying over it and praying over the situation and then if you feel led to do so, I would definitely recommend just like opening up to him about your feelings and kind of having the DTR question because I think that there is a lot of fear of, oh, what if we were in the relationship by moving in this way? But I just always think about what if you look back and you always wonder what would it have been like if I would have just said how I felt? One of my favorite movies is Love, Rosie. It's definitely not a faith-based movie, but it's kind of on the situation where it's someone who, a guy and a girl who grew up just really close as friends and the whole time they're kind of like always in different stages of life and constantly wanting to say that they like each other in that way, but they just keep not doing so. And so I say to go for it. I think prayer is also really important. Make sure that it's a step that you want to be in. Make sure you want to be in a relationship. But I also think it can be really special if you pursue it in that way. I'm almost 20 and I've never had a boyfriend or even really been close to starting to date someone. I've only ever been on three hangout dates, if you could even call them that. And I feel so inexperienced with dating for my age. I'm having trouble feeling content at my current stage of life when it seems like most people, if they don't have a current boyfriend, they have dated before. I'm worried that as I continue to get older, my lack of dating experience is going to continue to make it hard to put myself out there and find a partner. 
I would also appreciate any advice you have on putting yourself out there in general as I am pretty introverted. Oh my gosh, I would just say you are only almost 20 and I think a lot of times you can just think I'm so behind, I haven't done this in life. Your timeline is your timeline. It is not anyone else's and you do not have to compare yourself to other people. I know so many people who didn't start dating until they were in their 20s and now they are in a really great relationship. And I think that there's kind of this myth that you have to have all this experience too with so many different people. And it can be helpful if you date multiple people and learn what you want, but it's going to come in its own timing and it's going to be perfect the way that it is meant to be. And so I would just recommend being patient as hard as it is. I think putting yourself out there if you want to meet someone. I mean, I know there are different opinions on dating apps. I think that I did a story time once on dating apps and it came across as me being negative about them. I'm so not negative about dating apps. I think they work for a lot of people. My friend Carissa Nickish on Instagram, she actually met her fiance on hinge and i think they dated for like a year but she met him on hinge and now they're in a really great relationship and they're getting married so i think that dating apps can work for people if that's your speed but if that's not i think just meeting mutual friends is really helpful having a friend who brings some of his or her friends and just kind of getting to know people i think that that's a really great way but it's definitely hard to meet people now i feel like there's just less opportunity and I think going to church, like I mentioned a lot, is really helpful for meeting people, but I do think friends of friends is probably the easiest way and the way that you're most likely to actually meet people, but I just want you to know that you are perfectly fine the way that you are and you don't need to feel like you are lacking because you've never dated and... Okay, this is my last one. It says, the past few months, my boyfriend and I have been discussing our engagement and marriage plans. We've agreed that he will propose sometime this summer or fall. Although it's not far from now, I'm very excited to be engaged and I'm such a planner. So naturally, I find myself looking forward to the future instead of enjoying the current season. I want to ask him for more details about the engagement, but I want to give him space to plan a special date for us. I'm also concerned because sometimes when I'm really looking forward to something special, I will feel sad once it's passed. Any advice? I hope this makes sense. It definitely makes sense. I know that feeling you're talking about when you're looking forward to something so much and then it passes and you feel really sad. I think that comes from having a lot of expectations. And so the biggest thing I would say is just not to expect it to happen a certain way. Like you mentioned, giving him the space to really just take his time and plan it. It's going to be special because he planned it and it's the way he wants to do it. And it's ultimately your engagement. So it's going to be special no matter how it happens. But honestly, wedding planning is really fun, but it can be really stressful. And just that engagement period can be really stressful when you're kind of in in-between. You're not quite you know getting married yet but you're also not dating and it's kind of awkward not to say that that's not something to look forward to but it's also really special just being in that dating phase and that anticipation phase and I think he is going to appreciate having that space to actually plan something if you give it to him and you're not just like asking when it's going to happen not really being surprised because you were really trying to figure out and yeah it sounds like it's going to happen soon if it's summer or fall so I would just give him the space and really just 
enjoy it and don't go like snooping for details. I had no idea when he proposed to me, Aiden. We similarly kind of had a timeline, so I thought it may happen before I went home for Christmas break, and so I kind of had that idea in mind. And then he told me to get my nails done, so it was kind of nice. I knew, okay, it's probably gonna happen pretty soon. But the actual day it happened, I had no idea. It was simple, it was sweet, and it was exactly the kind of proposal that I wanted, but I also didn't have all of these crazy expectations, so I think it made me appreciate it more. So that is probably the best advice I have. I'm really excited for you, though. Engagement is so fun, and it is really something to look forward to. So congrats. So that is everything I have to share for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Like I said, make sure to follow me on Instagram if you guys want to be in my next episode. I'm so thankful for you guys. If you enjoy this podcast, feel free to write a review, give it a rating if you're on Apple Podcasts, and just make sure to subscribe, I think is what they call it, or follow the podcast just so you get updates every Monday when I post. I hope you guys have a great week when you're listening, and I hope you feel inspired and just enjoying your summer so far. I will talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye, friends.